After a long hiatus, welcome to another Onset segment where we come in and talk with working creatives to let you, the listener, in on their story, process, and experiences. It was a pleasure having photographer, filmmaker, and good friend Jay Rizika on to talk about his career both as a filmmaker and photographer, managing a healthy work-life balance, and about the early days of podcasting. I'll let Jay introduce himself. Sure, thanks. I'm always excited to talk to you, Jeff. You and I go back quite a bit now, quite a number of years. Uh, my name is Jay Rizika. I'm a photographer. I'm a filmmaker. I am a, a social media manager. I do a lot of different things. And, you know, one of those things that uh, has been very important to me over the years, as you know, has been filmmaking. I started making films back in 2004, which was basically a whole lifetime ago in the digital filmmaking era. Uh, it makes me sound like a dinosaur now when I talk about some of the ways we, we made movies back then. But I also am a podcaster. I started podcasting back in 2009 and probably ran to about 2013 and then started another podcast a couple of years ago. So I feel like I probably have my hand in a lot of creative endeavors. Um, jack of all trades, master of nothing, but I'm trying. <laughs> we are all trying, Jay. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as uh, Jay has pointed out, he's uh, yeah, he he does a lot of he has role, he has a lot of hats on at the moment, and uh, has been through a lot of other sort of um, creative endeavors throughout the years. Uh, but I guess we could start sort of with our own relationship, you know, how we sort of uh, forged that. Uh, it was basically through our good friend uh, uh, Jeff Burns. Uh, you know, I helped out on a few of his uh, you know early uh, filmmaking as well. And then uh, he recommended uh, when I moved back to Boston, I, he recommended uh, you as uh, actually a contact, you know, to help out. Uh, he's uh, as a fledgling filmmaker as well to help out on his sets. And uh, yeah, we did, and uh, we did a couple of shorts together. Uh, they did fairly well on the you know short horror film circuit i i think i if i remember correctly i actually yeah. looked up a thin walls just the other day uh just on youtube and yeah i mean i can't believe six years ago that from that um good lord and, crazy you know, you know katrina's uh you know gone on to uh, bigger and better things as well that that's good to see sure. you know, her career blossom uh but um and of course, Amanda, you know, that just, uh, you know, everyone, yeah, I think everyone was aware that, she, yeah, she was just going to blow up and just, you know, become, yeah, a, yeah just have a, a great career. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, the, the sort of the, this little team that we had like, back in the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, then that sort of started me on the track of, yeah, just sort of becoming the gear guy, uh, if you will, uh, just, uh, being the gear guy and, uh, you know, uh, whether that's renting out my gear that, uh, you know, I procure over the years or just, uh, flat out, just helping out on set, whether that's uh DP work, camera assistant, uh, miscellaneous crew, whatnot. I, I just love helping out on, uh, you know, on sets and, and uh, everything, but yeah, if you want to sort of, uh, yeah. So talk about, uh, you know, fairly, uh, you know, after that, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, you started family, of course, and that, that became a priority and uh, you kind of transitioned to more photography. Could you talk a little bit about, uh, yeah, sort of that, uh, the, uh, uh, sort of the background on that? Yeah. I love talking about this because this was something that was unexpected. Basically I was almost exclusively a filmmaker really from 2004 like i said before until about 2016 or so and then around early 2017 i became kind of i don't know i guess burned out is the right phrase you know what i mean where i had been making movies at that point for about 13 years i didn't feel like i was making any progress and i didn't feel like uh, anything was really moving forwards 
at the same time, um, my uh, first child was going to be born later that year. And I kind of silently stepped away from filmmaking for a little bit. And I think as you can probably understand as somebody who's also creative, after a while, you realize like, oh, but I, I need to be doing something creative. I need to create something because I'm just sitting here. And I always knew that I would end up going back to filmmaking. I think I just needed some time away. But I remember at the time thinking, you know, film film is hard in the sense that it just takes a real long time. You know what I mean? Like you, you come up with an idea, you write a, a script, you write another draft, then you write another draft, then you write a third draft, and then you throw it away because you realize you hate it. But then you pull it back out of the drawer a little while later, you write another draft, and then you decide that you're going to make it. You cast it, you get a crew, you get locations, you got to get money together, you got to shot list it, you got to shoot it, you have to edit it, you have to color grade it, you have to score it. And by the time that you get to the end of the process, you're like, you're ready for the next thing. And I just feel like I was getting hung up so much on one idea that I really loved the idea of being able to go out that same day, create something, come home, edit it and put it out into the world the same day. And photography was kind of that outlet. And I went to Chicago, you know, your hometown. I uh, went to Chicago and I was thinking about just going there and shooting some video that I could use for some short films. Ended up taking a lot of photos there instead and walked out of Chicago thinking, man, I really like photography. So I kind of follow him, follow him that path for a little bit and kind of main, mostly saw myself as a photographer. Uh, I always knew I was going to end up back in filmmaking, like I said, and a couple of years ago, I had that opportunity. I got a full-time staff job as a content creator, so part of my job is photography. Part of my job is videography, and that's kind of reconnected me back to you know my, my roots, my origins of making video, and I'm kind of excited to now be in a place where I can do both. And I don't know what's next for me in terms of my next film or my next video project, but recently I've been very gung-ho and getting back into the filmmaking game. Well, that's definitely good to hear, but uh, uh, yeah, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, plug your Instagram site or any other thing else you'd want at the very end, uh, you know, to show off your splendid photography. I even have a print of, uh, the, I believe, from um, the Fens, uh, you know, so that's the, right. the Peru, uh, right in my office. So yeah, uh, definitely uh, you will be able to plug uh, whatever you want at the end of the <laughs> I end appreciate of the, that. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, yeah, before that, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, yeah, it is a common thing with sort of creatives. Yeah, the, the feeling of just burnout. Uh, with you, I think it was it, was, it wasn't just burnout. It was also just, you know, I have to provide for a family as well, you know, yeah. burgeoning family. And I, yeah, I'm sure that was, uh, you know, that was a lot of factors in. And yeah, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> it's weird that, um, you know, whenever the red, you know, when, it, you know, award season is just over, you know, all the red carpet celebration and whatnot. And it's usually the, uh, you know, it's usually female creators that get asked the answer, how do you balance work life? Uh, but uh, really, yeah. it's, oh, there's also another factor in that. Uh, usually there's usually a partner in that. And uh, yeah, how, if you don't mind, yeah, how do you balance sort of that uh, uh, work family life? And, you know, that's a big thing, you know, in our, you know, in our generation right now. Yeah, it's not just, you know, the work, you know, the work is, you know, pays the bills and whatnot, but we also want, you know, family time. We also want to have own personal time, you know, in order to sort of uh, relax or just, yeah, just have a, a life outside of work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it can be difficult at times. I am somebody who definitely throws himself into their work quite a bit. So I sometimes have to remind myself to take a step back. My oldest daughter, she's five now. She's going to be six this year. Completely unrelated to anything that I've done. She's garnered her own interest in photography. And I think 
that comes from whenever we go out, I always have my camera on me. You know, it doesn't matter if I plan to take photos or not. I'm always, I always have my camera near me. And I think when she's growing up around kind of that environment where, you know, we're creating photo, we're creating video, she kind of had her own interest in it. So she has this little red kids camera that she brings around and takes photos. And some of them are actually pretty good. Like, I'm not just saying that as like somebody who's like, yeah, their kids the best at everything. No, I'm not saying that. Some of her photos are actually not half bad. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's never, it's never easy. Uh, I'm still think that I'm perfecting it. And I think that like, even to your last point about, you know, going from filmmaking to photography, I, tying that all together, I think sometimes people have a goal and they chase that goal for a long time. And I think that goal stops being a goal some at some point and they don't know what to do. So they keep chasing it. So like, for instance, I, I wanted very badly to direct a feature film for a studio for the longest time. And even after I didn't feel like I needed to do that anymore, it was like, well, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. That's That's got to be my goal. And I kept chasing that one thing. And I think it's good to know that your goals and creative aspirations can change. You don't have to be the same thing forever. You don't have to kind of uh, chase things that maybe you're not interested in anymore. You're allowed to evolve. And the one thing that doing more photography has done was allow myself more time with my kids because I can bring them with me as long as it's not a client shoot. Obviously I can bring them with me. Um, I'm not at a 12 hour film shoot. I'm at maybe a one or two hour uh, fashion shoot. So I get to be home more often. So there's certainly a lot more aspects of this creative evolution, I guess you would call it that has allowed me to spend more time at home, but it's also allowed me more time to network too. Whereas before it was very difficult to get out there and make the time because filmmaking can be obviously very demanding, not that photography, is not demanding it absolutely is but it's allowed me the chance to be able to sit down and get to talk to, to people and meet people that i probably would not have had the time to fit into my schedule before so it's really it's you know jeff it's all a balance it's never easy um and it's always something that uh is is a you know obviously a personal challenge but something that i hope that i'm getting at least a little bit better at, at this point Right, right. Uh, that's awesome to hear that uh, it's Emma, right? That's, uh, that's Emma, yeah. Emma is the oldest yep. and she's developing her own sort of, uh, you know, career. I'm sure it's just uh, sort of just coming off of uh, what, you know, your creative endeavors that she just wants I to. I think she's yeah. going to be a very good street photographer someday because mm -hmm. she, she doesn't even, I don't mm -hmm. even know she has the camera and I turn around and she's taking a photo of me in the living room. So I think <laughs> that, you know, she she likes to document things with you know she doesn't like to pose people she wants mm -hmm. you to to not know she's taking your pictures so i think maybe someday maybe uh if she wanted to she could do street photography but like all kids man so many different interests everything from you know photography to uh ballet to swimming to hiking just this kid you know kind of like me you know interested in so many things tries a bunch of things um, hopefully she'll be better at things than I am. I'm bad at 99% of things I do. I'm not good at any of them, but as long as obviously you're having fun and it's, it's, and you know, obviously if it makes you happy, that's what you should be doing. So I, I, I just keep plugging along. That's all you can do. Right. Right. And if family is long, all the, all the better. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I guess we, we can sort of, um, go into, I mean, uh, we've talked about uh, sort of photography, filmmaking, you dip and you sort of, uh, sort of went into a, sort of the podcasting, but I'd like to sort of, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, get our listeners in on sort of like uh, the early days of, and we know even before we called it podcasting, you know, let's roll the clocks back sort of like circa 2012-ish, I want to say, something like that. So yeah, the, the early days of sort of like, uh, you know, when, you know, content creation was sort of just sort of the buzzword at the moment and it wasn't, you know, a complete sort of um, new sort of uh, means to really make money. Uh, yeah, you had a podcast with uh, Jeff Burns and uh, uh, Juan, and and it was uh, it was also sort of it was also similarly themed around uh, you know movies and uh, movie talk, movie reviews, movie news of the day. And uh, yeah, if we could sort of uh, chat about sort of the early days of uh, you know I don't even know what we called it back in the day. We call, didn't call it podcasting. It was just <laughs> right. like I don't I guess we just called it like shows or something. I, yeah, I don't even remember that. So yeah, if you but if you could yeah just uh, talk a little bit about the the early days of you know pi- you know you guys were pioneers in this uh, sort of field if you were. You know, it's funny because this is how, so the the podcast that we did was called The Everything Film Show. And the way it got started was, if you can believe it, I wanted to hear a movie podcast, but there was basically nothing like that. You know, there was a few things out there. There was like Film Junk was out there and they had some some other podcasts, but there wasn't as many film podcasts. This was probably late 2008, early 2009. So I really wanted to start one because I couldn't really hear uh, what I what I was looking for that was available at the time. So, you know, I, I put out some feelers to some filmmaker friends of mine. Jeff Burns is one of the people that joined our show early. An, an actor by the name of Mark Pazula also joined our show early. And we uh, just kind of dove into it. We used this website called Blog Talk Radio, which might still exist in some capacity. But the one thing about Blog Talk Radio that was cool, so you have this digital switchboard and you all called via cell phone into this digital switchboard. So you could have multiple people on the line through the switchboard. But since there was a public phone number, you could take calls from callers. You could play sound effects, um, all of this live right through the switchboard. And the first hour of the show was live. So somebody could like put in your URL and actually listen to you doing the show live, which was a very actually stressful part early on because we would bring guests onto the show. We had Allison Mack of Smallville. We had Eduardo Sanchez who directed the Blair Witch Project. And we had a lot of these uh, these bigger guests. We had Josh Becker, who was a, a childhood friend of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, who also obviously made a lot of his own movies, but is certainly known for being... Uh, a big part of the original Evil Dead film. So we would have these guests on, but everything was live. And we had no idea what we were doing because we weren't good at anything. So we were trying to be able to put on a show that was professional, but with very limited means. And people didn't listen to podcasts as much back then. As you said, like maybe the term podcast was around. We didn't call it a podcast at all. I think we just called it like an online radio show or something along those lines. But, you know, it was easier to get an audience in the sense that there was less uh, competition. Like if you had a movie podcast, you were like one of 30 people with a movie podcast back then. But people didn't really listen to podcasts back then. I'm sure you've told me, you've uh, heard me tell this story before. So you're going to have to hear it again. But I remember being in college, right when we started the show, April 2009, and this woman in my class, she asked me like, what is a podcast? I, what are you doing? So I'm like, Hey, you know, it's like an online radio show. It's like a talk show, but you listen to it on the internet after it's recorded. 
And she looked at me like very concerned, like I had like two heads and she's like, why would anybody ever listen to something like this? And of course now we're years later, I'm sure she has like 15 podcasts that she subscribed to now. But at the time, podcasts were definitely seen as like, you're not good enough for radio. That's why you have a podcast. It was not seen as like, oh, podcasts are cool and everyone should get one. So it was just a different time period. But the, the audience, you know, it's like if you had a big room of 500 people and you came into the room on an elephant, all 500 people would look at you and be like, what is this guy doing? He's on an elephant. What's happening here? And some of them would continue looking at you and being like, all right, I'm entertained by why you're riding an elephant through this room. And some people would just be immediately turned off and turn their back to it. Now it'd be like, you know, riding an elephant into a room with 30,000 people, but 10,000 of them are already on elephants too. So no one ever looks at you, you know, like, oh, that's weird. Like everyone has a podcast now, like you said. So it's, I think it's, I think it's different. It's went from one hardship of trying to get people to listen to podcasts to the next hardship of, okay, why should I listen to your podcast? We know you're enjoying another riveting episode of Script to Screen, but just give me 30 seconds to plug the Boston Screenwriters Group. Looking to get feedback on that screenplay being neglected on your laptop? Trying to find another way to network with other filmmakers? Well, look no further than the Boston Screenwriters Group, your networking hub for all your screenwriting needs. Whether you're just starting out or are an industry veteran, everyone can use another pair of eyes to offer suggestions, support, and constructive criticism to improve your writing. If all that sounds exactly like what you've been looking for, feel free to join us on meetup.com and Facebook and take a look at our event schedules, including our virtual forums and in-person workshops. All the best in your writing. Now back to the show. Exactly. Yeah. I, geez, I would love it to go back to the days when there was only 30 people talking about movies, you know, online, <laughs> know. you know, now uh, it's not just competing with other podcasts. You compete with YouTube and, you know, all the other, you know, I'm sure TikTok has sort of a thing too, where the people are giving like 30 second reviews or something like that at this point. Um, yeah, that would, uh, you know, that would be wonderful rolling the clocks back where it didn't have as much competition. And, but, uh, yeah, as you said, the game has changed now. It's just, okay, well, you know, there's, oh God, I don't know, thousands of people talking about movies, you know, thousands of people, you know, that have different takes on those. Uh, why do we want your take? And that is, you know, that is the name of the game for, I think, both of us as well. That, you know, why do, uh, why listen to us, you know, rammer about, uh, you know, the latest Marvel, you know, entry or the latest, you know, small budgeted indie, uh, you know, rather than, you know, the the people that really get all the, the traffic online. <laughs> But yeah, that, no, that's great to hear that, uh, you know, just sort of the history of, you know, uh, uh, you know, just how, and that sometimes, you know, as, you know, uh, in our digital era, you know, just, uh, just things just move, just get steamrolled so fast and, th you know, time is moving at such a, you know, accelerated rate, at least, you know, to, especially to both of us that, yeah, you just forget that, you know, it, uh, you know, the social media was sort of in its, I wouldn't say infancy, you know, uh, back, you know, 2008, 2009 and whatnot, but it wasn't sort of the thing uh, like it is now. And, you know, pandemic wise, yeah, that's changed yeah. the game. Certainly uh, now, you know, um, you know, I would say a, a lot of our lives are lived digitally as is, you know, it's, you know, it's starting to get better, uh, you know, fingers crossed, but uh, at the moment, yeah, it's just, um Everyone is, comp everyone, you know, and the internet gave everyone a voice and it's very hard to make your voice heard in the, amongst the noise. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that, but that's, uh, Jane, uh, my own job so to sort of, uh, you know, make sure we stand out, sure. but yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, and then, uh, yeah, but to, uh, you know, go back to present day. Yeah. You were saying that, uh, yeah, you do want to get back into sort of, uh, filmmaking and whatnot. Uh, do you have any sort of like, uh, 
project that you have circled or anything or uh, you want to help out any, any anything that's, uh, you know, going on at the moment, uh, that sort of thing? I feel like I always have my hand in about like 30 projects that I'm trying to figure out. Like, what, what am I going to do next? How am I going to narrow it down? That's been my thing is that I have so many different ideas and want to go in so many different directions. Um, so I have like an idea for a documentary that I really want to do. Um, it's something that's personal to me because I lost my dad years ago. And it's something that I think would like connect me to him. Um, I have ideas of doing another short horror film. I haven't done one of those in about seven years. So I would love to be able to do something like that. I think that would be great. So I feel like there's a lot of, you know, kind of things that I have, uh, in my mind. And of course, as you know, like short form video is all the rage now. Like everyone loves short form video, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube shorts, whether it's Instagram reels. So there's a lot that I want to be able to do there. And I kind of get, as I said, pulled in different directions. Uh, in addition to my own freelance work, I am the digital content creator at Providence Public Library. So I do all of their uh, photos and video work right now. And there's tons of video projects that I've been working on through the library that I'm, I'm really excited about, the stuff that I think really benefits the general public. And of course, you know, stuff that's all free for the general public. So I'm able to kind of get, you know, ease my way back in uh, through through that and hopefully at some point have some clarity about what I want to do next. But man, you know me, I go back and forth on so many things. I, I It's amazing that I've ever committed to anything in my life because it's so hard for me to, to narrow down that one idea. So I'd like to just use the phrase, I'm in various stages on various projects right now. And hopefully in by the end of uh, by the end of the winter, I'll have a lot more clarity about what comes next. So I know that, uh, yeah, you're balancing, you know, wife, kids, family, family life, you know, your own uh, freelance work and uh, a, uh, uh, an actual, you know, uh, uh, a, uh, a, a you know a committed job but uh have you gone to anything on the streaming sites uh you know any shows any movies uh that you've been able to fit in anything that stuck out to you anything that uh you know it's, it's to... funny i when november hit for some reason november i got really into the idea of i'm just for the next couple of months only watching classic films and i said what that means because that can mean anything I wanted to make sure it was from 50 years before or earlier. So 1972 in, or yeah, because this was like November, right? So 1972 and prior. And one of, you know, one of the movies that I watched that I had already seen, but I rewatched it and I enjoyed it so much. I rewatched it twice in November. It was Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I still think is just such a classic. It's so fun to me. Um, I really like 1960s films in general. I really like that time period. So a lot of, you know, there was a lot of movies that I watched from the 1960s. More recently, I've I've been trying to get more modern again. I've been I've been really bad about the last couple of years catching up on on a lot of films. Um, I saw The Batman, which I really liked a lot. Maybe half an hour too long, but I really thought it was solid. Um, I really liked uh, Smile. I think we, the third act loses me a little bit on Smile, but I think the concept so so well done and. Um, even with the third act, I still think there's a lot to like about it. Uh, and then there's, you know, there's a bunch of other movies that that are, not, I would say, probably not considered to be good movies, but ones that are like comfort films, like Clerks Three. Uh, probably not a movie that's going to win an, an an Academy Award ever, but one of those things. When I came up in filmmaking, like the original Clerks was major, right? Like those were one of the movies that we looked at 
Um, and of course, so many people kind of try to emulate when they were making their first films. So be, being able to kind of see what is probably going to be the last film of that series, although who knows, uh, Kevin Smith might put something else out in that universe. But to kind of see those characters that I grew up with, especially when I was in high school in 2003, 4, 5, trying to get into the world of filmmaking, seeing that kind of get revisited now as a 35 almost 36 year old it's it's really fun to me um other than that i really got to get caught up on a lot of things so i'm always willing to take movie recommendations and hopefully now um i'll be able to set aside at least a little bit of time to to get caught up on some things that i've been wanting to watch for a while well, that's great that yeah, yeah, you sort of made this commitment to watch, you know, sort of uh, you know retro viewings, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, it's something I yeah, I always like try to um, preface that uh, you know I know there's an aversion to you know movies made before you were born, you know, movies made in black and white, movies made in a different language, whatnot, but you know. Uh, you never know, like expand your horizons. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought up sort of uh, breathless activities. I also uh, quite enjoy it. Uh, you know, yeah. Are there, are there elements that don't work and they're, they're you know, insensitive? Of course. Yeah. Sure, it was, sure. It, it, was a movie, it was a movie that pushed buttons in 1962. Of course, there's going to be stuff that just doesn't translate well, uh, you know, in uh, 20, uh, in the 2020s. For sure. But, um, <clears throat> But uh, no, I, I definitely think it's, uh, you know, Audrey Hepburn, you know, effervescent, just, uh, you know, uh, one of the most unique presences on screen. And this was like the role that sort of, uh, you know, uh, got her a big, uh, you know, uh, got her a lot more clout in the uh, industry and, you know, uh, parlayed that into a great career afterwards. And um, uh, yeah, it's just sort of, uh, it's interesting you brought up, uh, you know, movies made 50 years ago because we did a podcast on my own show, Script to Screen, about the best movies of 1972. And of course, the movie that comes up, uh, you know, that all of us agreed on was The Godfather. Like, it's uh, indisputable. Like, I know it's a movie you probably saw in, you know, you know you, uh, film class, you know, whether that's in high school or early college. Uh, but, you know, it is a classic and it is, you know, one of, for a reason. Like, it is one of the best American movies ever made, at least in my opinion. Um, it's just indisputable classic, but, um, yeah, you do have to, I should definitely think making time for retro viewings is always, I uh, should be, you know, uh, part of any sort of, uh, movie enthusiast. Um, and foreign, and can I also say, and foreign films too, because I feel foreign. like right now there's a lot of people that are like, well, I don't want to read subtitles and you're just missing out on a whole world of films. Uh, I had to show people recently, Chungking Express, 1994, really great movie a slow burn if you don't like slow burns you probably won't like it but for me it's just one of my favorite movies one of my favorite foreign films let the right one in 2008 something that if you don't watch that you're just completely missing out on probably one of the the greater movies of the 2000s that just gets overlooked um so yeah i would say like if you can dig into foreign films I mean, we have like, what, over 100 years of foreign films that are just out there right now. And so many of them still hold up. And we talk about like Breakfast at Tiffany's. There's things that definitely don't hold up, as you say. Things that probably should not have been in the movie ever, certainly in 1962, especially now. But there's things that you can look at and say like, wow, that's great filmmaking. And there's certainly things that you could see in foreign films even from years past, like Rashomon, that you say, like, wow, that's great filmmaking. And I think people are just robbing themselves by by wanting to only watch like Marvel or whatever the, the most recent blockbuster. Not that they're bad. I'm not here to like, you know, put them down or anything. It may not always be my cup of tea, the superhero thing. Some I like, some I don't. But I just think that like, man, there's so many great movies out there and people are robbing themselves by by not wanting to 
to watch it because it's made somewhere else. What's well, the thing that uh, Bong Joon Ho says? You know, it's it's that one inch barrier that you have to get over. And you know, hey, if that's if that's an issue with you, just turn on subtitles for everything. You know, it, yeah. uh, you know, right now I don't know what it is about you know uh, dialogue recording nowadays, but I always you know, I I think I have fairly decent hearing, but sometimes you know some phrases and some words I lose even in English. So I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> sure. I, if, it, if it's available, I try to use closed captioning. Um, but yeah, it's um, one hundred percent agreed. Uh, you know, again, as you know. Uh, creatives or movie enthusiasts, however you want to, you know, uh, label yourself. Yeah, just broaden your horizons, and you just never know what you, you'll find. I'm so glad you brought up Chungking Express. Uh, yeah, it's a, a great sort of uh, like this weird, like uh, like uh, sort of like this weird uh, love story, sort of not really, but uh, it's about sort of misconnections. And uh, you know, Wong Kar Wai is uh, you know master at that. Uh, of course, most people probably know him from In the Mood for Love, but uh, he, yeah, he's done many other works uh, that that also sort of uh, display sort of that uh, um, you know that idea of sort of misconnection and uh, you know finding love in uh, you know weird places. Uh, I definitely highly recommend if you yeah again again if you and if you do want to broaden your horizon, that's uh, that's a, probably a good place to start. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but moving on to sort of like sort of like uh, contemporaries, and I'm glad you brought up. Uh, uh, smile. I did see it. I, I just like, but just like you, I have a you know issues with the third act. But I do think the, especially the 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 op the opening prologue is like just uh just pr perfect. Like just that opening like scene. Uh, well, not opening scene. Uh, the the scene right before the titles. Uh, with the um uh between uh the main character and uh, the person that comes in i think that is just splendid to just horror like uh, cinema and uh you know afterwards uh, you know it's fairly obvious that this was expanded on from a short and uh you know that's uh, but uh uh but i, I do want to see like other stuff from the filmmakers and there was what was the other thing you mentioned that uh, was recent uh, uh the, the batman, batman, batman which three, I, yeah. yeah the batman the batman which i really loved as well uh, I haven't gone to clerk. I haven't gone to even clerks two yet. So I don't, I guess I need to catch up a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But if you do want movie recommendations in terms of horror, I, uh, barbarian was in sort of in the same vein as smile. It's right on HBO max as well. Um, yeah, just this nice little indie horror movie that, uh, you know, um, uh, with a great performance by, uh, Justin Long, uh, but uh, yeah, just a nice little that uh, sneaks up on you. It goes places that uh, you're not expecting, but uh, you know, does it in a way that's uh, very inventive. Um, sure. But uh, and of course, you know, the Academy Awards were just last Sunday, you know, a week ago. Uh, and I do highly recommend everything everywhere all at once. Uh, you know, I know it was. Uh, I know there's also an aversion to you know uh, Oscar darlings or whatnot. You know, oh, you know, movies that you know played well to the Oscar crowd. You know, they're not for me. You know, understandable. Uh, there are a lot of Oscar, uh, you know, movies that uh, that played that do not work for me at all. But uh, uh, everything everywhere really worked for me uh, when I saw it. I've seen it, you know, many times now. Um, you know, I, I was a fan of the Daniels, you know, Swiss Army Man, maybe. Uh, but uh, if, if you want to know sort of like their their mantra as filmmakers, maybe that's a good place to start. But uh, I mean, it's a <clears throat> it's a great it's a great just real or weird wild ride all around. Uh, and I'm, I'm very surprised that it played very well to, you know, Oscar voters and, uh, you know, the Academy at large. Uh, but I'm, and I'm glad that, uh, yeah, I did take home the big prizes of the night. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely another recommendation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, it's something I always, you know, whether you're, I even recommend this to my screenwriting group, you know, just watch movies, 
you know, you have to watch movies in order to really understand like what you're responding to. And then if you find out what you're responding to, you can go back, you know, read the script or read, you know, the background, you know, behind the scenes stuff in order to really get like what goes into this, what goes into making what you like, what you responded to. I think that's just, an, you know, it's an underrated thing. You know, most film classes, you know, you're just watching movies uh, for a reason. Like you need to really understand like what you're, you know, what do you like, what do you not like? Uh, what do you want to emulate? You know, not 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 totally imitate. Just uh, you know, take parts from you know the stuff that you really like, and that's uh, always a recommendation to sort of any sort of uh, one any person that wants to go into filmmaking or videography or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's so much out there too that you know, in so many different mediums. I know when I ever whenever I struggled with coming up with the new ideas for films, uh, you can find a lot in paintings. You can find a lot in short stories video games even i mean look at hbo uh the last of us that that's completely took the world by storm in terms of the the recent television adaption of it there's certainly a lot of things out there that kind of you know maybe transcend your your comfort zone but at the same time like oh it's so good um being able to watch so many of these uh great pieces of art in several different mediums um very important too i think because sometimes you do get stuck you, sometimes you feel like you have to, if you're a screenwriter, you have to write about one specific thing because maybe one time one of your your scripts really got high praise and really took off. And now you feel like you have to kind of stay in that realm and it's easy to kind of fall, you know, victim to doing the same thing over and over again. But I think that like if you're creative, the one of the best things you can do for yourself is expand and try new things and have like an evolution of sorts in your creative process for me like we talked about my my you know filmmaker to photographer when i go back to filmmaking now i know so much more just because i've learned so much from photography that you know just being able to to really pay attention to composition which is what i always try to do as a filmmaker before but in Photography, obviously, extremely important to make sure your your photo is well composed. So I think that even trying different things, even if you don't end up liking them, you can always learn from something that you did try and, you know, attach it and implement it somewhere else than something that you do find interest in. Well said. And I, uh, yeah, so I think we're, you know, we're going on half an hour now, so I don't want to keep Jay too, too much longer, but, uh, you know, to sort of end this, uh, I guess, uh, you know, we are also big baseball fans. We are, That's uh, right. you know, we are, uh, we're the last of our kind, Jay. We're the last of, <laughs> it we're the last it of seems a dying that way. breed. We are the last of a dying <laughs> breed of uh, diehard baseball fanatics. Um, but, uh, you know, I know we have our, you know, we have our own fantasy league with uh, eight other players. Uh, so how do you think that's all going to play out, uh, you know, for this uh, uh, for the season? I'm excited for this season. I know there's been a lot of changes. Some people like the changes. Some people don't like the changes. I just really want to see everything in action and see how everything goes throughout the course of a, you know, a full 162 game stretch uh but i'm i'm always excited uh growing up in new york i am a yankees fan so either right now people are cheering or booing me and um so i either thank you or i'm sorry but uh, i i always get excited for for the season this time of year especially because it's right around the corner and this is the time of year where it's like well anything can happen like me pittsburgh pirates fans like maybe this is your year it's not but like you don't know that yet because the season hasn't started so it's it's just one of those you know times it's really fun because there's just a bunch of optimism going on i have no idea what will happen this season 
You know, I think there's a lot of Yankee fans that are always pessimistic about everything. I, I don't feel that way. Yeah, we got swept in by the uh, by the Astros in the ALCS last year, but Yankees won 99 games, won the division, had a bunch of injuries going to the playoffs, they were able to make it that far. You know, you just it's all about building on things. You got to build on things. And I know I get it, like World Series or nothing. Like I understand that, but sometimes you have to see, you know, even in failure, you have to see what was successful and hopefully you watch your favorite team build on that going forwards. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, um, you know, my Cubs and Sox, they don't have as high aspirations as the Yanks, uh, you know, going into this season. But as you said, you never know, uh, you know, there could be, you know, a surprise injury or two or a surprise trade that, uh, you know, switches things up. Um, yeah, as you said, this is, you know, the, uh, this, we're getting into springtime. It's going to be officially spring in a few weeks. So yeah, it's, a, it's time for, you know, rebirth. It's a time for, you know, uh, anything can go, anything can happen. And I think that also goes into, you know, uh, life, uh, you know, that goes, you know, I, I know that I'm talking like a baseball lifer, but you know, it goes, you know, baseball can be you know read as a metaphor for sort of uh, like life's pursuits, you know, yeah, you, um, you know, even though it didn't happen last year, you never know, like it might just, uh, it might just be your year. Um, you know, of course, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some have, uh, you know, a higher hill to climb than others, but yeah, you, again, just as you said, you never know. And I think that's a, that's a good note to end on, uh, for this, uh, for this. Event. So, uh, before we go, do you have, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put the links in the, uh, description and what, but yeah, do you have anything that you'd like to plug Jay uh, specifically? Yeah. You can basically find me on any social media platform with all the same handle. It's at Jay Ruzica. No one can spell my last name. So I'll spell that whole thing. It's at J A Y. R-U-Z-I-C-K-A. I'm on Instagram the most, but you'll see me pop up on TikTok and Twitter uh, as I as I try to, to see how I can, you know, take my work and, and kind of implement it for those platforms. But I'm very active on Instagram, uh, especially. And um, yeah, I, you know, send me a message, connect with me, love to be able to talk about whether it's movies, photography, whatever. I'm always really happy to talk uh, to the creative community at large. We hope you enjoyed listening to Jay and myself's conversation on working creatives, finding the creative spark again, and hopes for the upcoming baseball season. Next time up is a script to screen on hidden gems to look out for on the streaming platforms. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast in the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button in Anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on Meetup.com and on YouTube with our forum recordings. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing script meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and other of life's pursuits. Continue on staying strong. Thank you.